Today's Bible reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the baking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is God's word. Uh, Thanks, Tim. Uh, Friends, uh, you might be aware that I love my football. That means the soccer football. But I also like my basketball. And uh, I remember a few years ago, I was watching the Sydney Kings play the New Zealand Breakers. It was in late December at what they call the Kingdome at the Sydney Entertainment Centre. That was the best venue. And the Kings were on top of the table, and it should have been a pretty comfortable win. But the Sydney shooters were misfiring. Even the captain, Jason Smith, at that stage was having an off day. Another miss, and another miss another miss. And you know when you're up in the stands how frustrated you get when that happens? And the players are equally frustrated. At half time they were in trouble. They were way behind on the scoreboard. But at half time the coach spoke to them. The team regrouped. They listened to the coach's instructions. They refocused and they came out firing in the second half. Did they fire? The defense was much tighter. The shots were, now, shots were now dropping in. Jason Smith was landing the three-pointers again. The crowd was ecstatic. And within a short period of time, we were catching up to the breakers. Sydney had regrouped, refocused. We're now firing on all cylinders, we might say. The game ended on level points. Level points. So they're going to overtime. Five minutes of overtime, and Sydney powered on to a great victory, and we celebrated let me say it's been a tough year this past year during COVID. Some of you have flourished, believe it or not. Others have really struggled. It's not that you're not shooting three-pointers. Some of you are not even on the court. You're not praying. Maybe uh, you're not reading your Bible. You're not serving. You're not gathering with other believers. It just got all too hard for you. You're not witnessing. You're not living for the glory of God. You're just existing. It's not like you're not shooting three-pointers. You're not even on the court. I used to drive a Nissan Pulsar. I was having some difficulties, and uh, you could tell I know so much about cars, but every time I kept driving, it kept shaking. And I thought I should take it to a mechanic because it feels like it's going to fall apart. And he checked it all out. He said, mate, your car's running on three cylinders. And I went, so that's not good? He said, no, 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 it's a four-cylinder car. It needs all four cylinders to run properly. Friends, let me say, whether we are struggling or doing well, it's always good to stop, regroup for the new year, refocus on our mission, and start firing for God on all cylinders. And today is that day to stop. Whoever you are, how close you've been to God during the past 12 months, it's a new year. There are new opportunities. Regroup, refocus, refire. It's time to be inspired by God's word, 
be men and women who make a difference for God. Men and women who live for the glory of God. Men and women who find their joy in God. And it overflows into God-honoring, Christ-exalting ministry. Friends, in Acts chapter 2, we have a picture of the early church, the first church. And there are some principles in there that help us, have helped us and continue to help us to keep our focus on what we're called to do. Number one, that we are at Nawi Baptist, a Bible-soaked, disciple-making church. That's what we want to be. You see, in Acts chapter 2, the disciples, when they were converted, uh, when they preached, 3,000 were converted. 3,000 believed, 3,000 were baptized, and they were added to the church. And you see, the apostles were urged by Jesus not to make converts, but to make disciples. Not just to hear the gospel and respond, but to go on into being authentic disciples. And it began with teaching. And the people were hungry for the Word of God. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Imagine you've just been saved, you've just heard this good news, and you just want to get more of the Word, right? Tell us more. What did Jesus say? How should we live? How should we pray? How should we believe? They were hungry for the apostles' teaching. Devoted. Friends, it wasn't a casual interest. They didn't pick up their Bibles from time to time. They didn't have them yet. They had the Old Testament. And think, oh, I wonder whether God has something for me. No, no, no. They were devoted. They wanted to know more. They were hungry for the truth. And I ask myself and I ask you today, are you hungry for the truth? Will you plead with God and say, God, give me a hunger for your word that I cannot get through a day without reading and meditating on the word of God? So how do you do that? Well, firstly, let me encourage you to come to services. And some of you are here, about 70 people here today in the gathering, right? We can all fit. And notice how much space there is, even with 70. Soon we'll be down to two square meters. We'll get more in, right? Pray, will you? I was praying that God would get rid of the 100 cap, as you were. God got rid of the 100 cap. We're hoping, if things are good, two square meters will be able to get up to 140, potentially, in this building, if we can socially distance to do it. But come, watch our live stream. So if you're at home, don't get distracted by the coffee and something else and the tea and, and what's on your phone or Netflix or something else. No, no, no. Focus on the Word. Listen to the Word. Read it. Uh, download the outline. Get a pen with you. See, COVID is no excuse for laziness or apathy, is it? In fact, COVID ought to make us even more passionate about knowing God. Saying, God, we don't know where this world is going. We don't know what's going to happen. Just help me to just stay close to you, God. I remember a, a former member who left after two and a half years at Nawin and moved up the coast. She wrote this beautiful little note. Every so often someone writes this to encourage you. And as a pastor, let me tell you, getting a note like this makes me want to work hard at preaching again. I would like to say that the two and a half years that I spent at NBC were the most fulfilling in my life. I give thanks to Christ for his blessings to me during that time, for the pastors, deacons and congregation who were so devoted to his word. I love that. The encouragement. Thank you for being devoted to his word. Keep at it. Join a home group. If you're young, join a youth group. If you're kids, come to kids church or come to kids clubs. Learn to grow as a disciple of Jesus. And let me say, some of this has been hard this past year. If you're a family at home with young kids and you're trying to watch a live stream and the kids are running everywhere, it's not easy. We understand that. That's why one of the reasons why next week we encourage you, we're going to run Kids Church. We're seeking to do it every fortnight uh, for a few weeks and see how it goes. Where parents with kids in Kids Church, we're going to say, just you guys are allowed to book in next week at 9 o'clock, right? So if, if you don't have kids in Kids Church... 
think of the fortnight, right? Come back in a fortnight. Watch it on live stream next week. But we're going to try and get as many parents with as many kids that we can legally get in this building next week. So if you're out there, book in next week. We'll ask the parents to book in for that. Learn together, study together, but also engage in personal reading and study. Have a Bible reading plan. You know, I'm using the Bible in one year with Nikki Gumbel. I used it for the first time last year. It's an app on my phone. And it's, for me, it's been the most helpful Bible reading plan I have ever used. Let me put it this way. It has a proverb or a psalm and a short commentary, a mini-sermonette. It has a New Testament passage and a mini-sermonette. And it has an Old Testament passage. And it's helped me focus and discipline reading the Word and getting inspired each day. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, From infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Friends, we want to be a Bible-soaked church. Secondly, a Christ-imitating, loving church. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. We've heard a little bit in the interviews about the value of small groups of people gathering and praying and caring for one another. This early church, they were devoted to the fellowship. They, they cared for the people. It wasn't just, I, ha I have my Bible and I have my God. No, 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 I have my people, you see. We're a fellowship. We're a community of people who are served together. And one of the things I love about this church is the multicultural nature of the church. So whether you're white or black, citizen or foreigner, young or old, Greek or Egyptian, Chinese or Indonesian, doesn't matter, Brazilian, in Christ we are brothers and sisters, right? And in fact, the National Church Life Survey that one-third of our congregation were born overseas. That's not to mention how many people whose parents were born overseas. And that's a good sign that we are reaching people of all cultures. The word fellowship, kinonia, expresses the mutual commitment of believers to one another, helping one another grow up into Christ. So we help one another become more like Jesus. We support each other through grief and sadness. We rejoice with each other in good times. And most of that will happen through your small group where you can really get to know people. Jesus said, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Friends, there's a really deep commitment here, isn't it? Love as Christ loved. Christ gave his life for us. We're called to love the fellowship, each other, so deeply. As I mentioned, most of that will happen through your small group where you have time to get to know people's personal stories. Now, I'm not going to tell you all of my problems, right? Not from the pulpit anyway. <laughs> but I'll tell a small group of people. And I'll tell some other things to my small group, my Bible study that meets at my place on a Wednesday night. So we can pray for one another through heartache, through joys, through stresses, that we support one another to become more like Jesus. One person put it this way, says, it's only when I joined a small group and got committed to that group that I finally felt a sense of belonging. Friends, so much more we've discovered that is true, especially last year during COVID. For the people who stayed together, love one another, continue to meet through COVID, they build even stronger relationships than ever before. Millard Sleeman, you'll know a Lebanese missionary, is not able to go back to Lebanon. Lebanon's a mess at the moment. 
But he said, I was talking to him. I said, Millard, would you like to run a Bible study for Nawi? Um, I said, oh, I'm happy and available. If people would like to join a Bible study group, I'm happy to, to help start a new group. Who knows what? I'm going back to Lebanon, right? So if you're out there thinking, oh, I'd like to join a group and uh, just let me know. We don't have a group of people to give him at this stage, but we're open considering. Maybe some people would like to gather with him. He's now living in Padstow, not too far away. So if you're interested, let me know about that. But friends, we also not only run home groups, we run social programs, prime time, play time, families events, dinners, breakfasts. Well, we're used to more of them, hopefully more this year, to build loving relationships. That's why we provide meals and food hampers for people. We visit them and we pray to build loving relationships. That's why when you people come to our church, we ring them up, we, we get together with them, let them know more about our church and ministries. We run camps, we run morning teas, what we used to. We will again one day, there will come a day, and uh, cheap eats and coffee before church. Because we want to build a fellowship. Thirdly, a Christ-centered, worshipping church. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. We think the breaking of the bread is a reference to the Lord's Supper. Uh, the, the people would gather in their homes, they would have a meal, and they would also break bread and remember the bo broken body of Jesus. They would drink of the cup, remembering the shed blood of Christ. And what is important here is this, that they are celebrating, what are they celebrating? The death, the crucifixion of Jesus. Right at the beginning, the cross of Christ was central to their worship. The cross of Christ is central to our worship today. His death, his resurrection, and the hope that he brings us. See, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 3, we have these words, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. It's the death of Christ that makes our salvation possible. The Apostle Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Friends, we need to be Christ-centered, cross-centered worshipers of the true God. So as we gather and worship, we're not just going to talk about how to have a nice family or how to do this. No, no we're going to talk about the work of Christ on the cross and how we bring salvation and transformation. Fourthly, we're a God-dependent, prayerful church. A God-dependent, prayerful church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. You imagine being an early disciple. You come out of Judaism into, into the knowledge of Christ and you think, God, we need your help. You know, when you pray, it says, God, I need your help. God, I can't do this alone. God, uh, I need your salvation. I need your help daily. I, I need power to overcome sin. I need uh, wisdom for living my life and raising my kids or doing my work. God, I need your help. See, they were devoted to prayer. We have pray prayers of adoration or confession or thanksgiving and petition. Call out to God for the, his kingdom to come, for the lost to be saved, the sick to be healed, for broken marriages to be restored, for missionaries to be effective. Pray, be devoted to pray. And when will you pray this year? In prayer meetings, in home groups, maybe in prayer triplets, you gather with two or three others each week to pray or in your personal devotions. Prayer expresses our God dependency. Friends, I have prayed so much this past month. Not being able to gather, working out how we're going to run a business meeting. with our, We've got 160 people booked in. Hallelujah. Thank you to everyone. Well, our members have been great to have almost half our membership here. Uh, to consider the call of two new pastors. We're going to use the hall and this auditorium and the foyer 
uh, but it's so good to gather. But we pray, God, help us navigate these difficult times. We're going to continue to pray as we gather on site and go on live stream and try and keep everyone safe. God, please help us. I don't know, what about you? You prayed more this year than this past year? I've never prayed so much, right? Because before COVID, you can feel like you're in control, you know what you're doing. You're not stressed too much. We live in Australia. We have money. We have jobs. We have houses. We have swimming clubs. We have, you know, we go cycling. I'm looking at some cyclists here. Uh, we do all types of things, right? We think we're in control of our destiny. All of a sudden, COVID hits and we think, okay, God, maybe we're not in control of our destiny. And it's a humbling thing. And when we pray, it expresses our God dependency. John Piper puts it this way. I love this. One of the treasures or reasons we pray is that God acts when we pray. One of the reasons is God acts. And God can do more in five seconds than we can do in five years. Or how I've learned this over the years. What an amazing thing to bow my head repeatedly and plead with God during sermon preparation or during some counseling crisis or some witnessing conversation or some planning meeting and to have breakthrough after breakthrough which did not come until I prayed. What an important lesson to feel fretful and eager to get to work immediately because I have so much to do, I don't know how I can get it all done, but to force myself to be biblical and reasonable and take time to get on my knees, to pray before I work, and while on my knees, to have ideas tumble to my mind for how to handle a problem or to shape a message or to deal with a crisis or solve a theological problem and so to save myself hours and hours of work and the frustration of beating my head against the wall, trying to figure out what came in five seconds of illumination. I don't mean that God spares us hard work. I mean prayer can make your work 5,000 times more fruitful than you can make it alone. How true that is. Fifthly, a God-glorifying, joyful church. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. There was this joy in this early church. I love that. They were praising God. They were sharing meals together. They had fellowship together. And they were praising. And this is important. They were worshiping. They were glorifying God. There was this joy that God had brought them that had overflowed into rejoicing. They weren't miserable. They weren't complaining all the time. Uh, they weren't just sort of judging people. They were just praising God. John Piper puts it this way again, that God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in Him. God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in Him. Are you satisfied in Christ? Does He bring you hope and joy and excitement? Is He your everything? Is He your obsession? If He is then it's going to overflow into loving and transforming ministry. Sixthly, we are a spirit-empowered, evangelistic and well-missioned church. This is what God wants us to be. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love that. Praying, studying the scriptures, sharing meals together, remembering Christ and his or death and resurrection, Enjoying the favor of the people. People go, wow, what is it about you guys? What is it about Nauwee Baptist Church? I need to go and check it out. I've heard stories about it. 
I hear people's lives have been changed. I hear about a great kids ministry. I hear that they have a loving craft group. I, I hear their play times. They're really welcoming. Um, what is it? I want to go and check it out. And then they check out the gospel. They get saved. It says the Lord did it. That's important. We don't save people. God does it through our witness and through our love. So we give glory to God. He added to their number those who were being saved. Listen carefully. He added to their number those who were being saved. He did not add them to the church without saving them. There's no nominal Christianity, right? It's not like, oh, well, part of the church, but you're not really saved. He did not save them without adding them to the church. There's no solitary Christianity. You can't say, well, you know, I believe God. I've got my Bible in me and Jesus. And I'm all good. People say to me, I don't need the church. I just need the Bible and God in me. We're, we're good. I said, well, you're not good, really. I said, because if you read your Bible that you say you have, it's written to gatherings, to congregations, to assemblies, to ecclesia, the church. People are gathering together to learn to love one another. It's pretty easy to love the people who are annoying if you never meet with anyone. You just put up with yourself, right? It doesn't cost you anything. But the whole idea God adds them to the church. You want people to be active members and participants and enjoy being with others. That's what we've experienced as we continue to do here. And the Lord added daily. Wow, wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be a good prayer? God, will you add daily those who are being saved? Through kids, through youth, through adults, through seniors, through your, your neighbors, whatever it happens to be. Let's pray that God would add daily those who are being saved. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Friends, we don't do it in our power. We do it in Christ's power. The power of the Holy Spirit coming upon us to be his witnesses. But part of being evangelists and witnesses also means that we, we, no, we are committed to a world missions perspective as well. That we believe we need to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And at the moment, some of our missionary workers are back here and you may be listening today. We need to be praying for them because it's hard for them to be here when they want to be back over, overseas. And some of them are overseas in really difficult situations where uh, COVID is, is rampant. And they do, we need to pray for their safety in those situations as well. It's almost like we can't send people now and mission's off the agenda. No, no, mission continues to be on the agenda praying that God will raise up workers into pastoral ministry, uh, into overseas mission, that other men and women from all the nations will come to know Christ. Let me conclude. Let me just sum up these principles. It is my prayer that God will help us to regroup, refocus, and refine. I'm praying that for myself. What about you? Okay, God, New Year. What are you going to do with us? A Bible-soaked disciple-making church. A Christ-imitating, loving church. A Christ-centered, worshiping church. A God-dependent, prayerful church. A God-glorifying, joyful church. And a Spirit-empowered, evangelistic, and well-missions church. So that God is magnified. Let me pray. Lord God, uh, it is our prayer that you would help us by your Spirit today to recommit to the purposes of, uh, of your church. Recommit to you, to love you, to serve you, to honor you, to know you, to go deep in you. Recommit to serve you with our gifts and talents and abilities. Recommit to love one another. Recommit to uh, uh, prayerfulness. Recommit to joyful worship. Recommit to evangelism and world missions. 
And Lord, as we do so, we ask that you would so work in us that we are encouraged, but that the lost are reached. That the saved become mature disciples. And there is rejoicing in heaven over all those who are saved. Build our lives, we pray, on the cross of Christ and his resurrection victory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.